0: the the ability to, you know, have a, have a mentor, um, is extremely important. And we've all, we've all had them and we all can be them. We all can be them. We all can be one. I I always say there's, uh, there's plenty of people in front of us that we aspire to be, or we want to do the things that they're doing. And there's plenty of people that are behind us that aspire to get where we are or do what we do. So it's very simple. The people that are in front of us, you, you, you try to learn from them and, have them be your mentors and the people that are behind you you say hey come here let me let me show you some things and, and you yeah. pay it forward um, and and you that's how we'll hopefully continue to you know raise the bar
1: welcome back for another podcast today uh, I have a guest that is a fellow Floridian he's someone that I met just over a year ago, I would say. Um, He is a former WWE wrestler. You'll find him in a movie that you may watch this weekend or not. It's up to you. And uh, he's also a master educator uh, for Viper and Institute of Motion, which is how I met him and we came in contact. And uh, he's a fellow fit pro in the same South Florida area as me. And now we uh, get to see each other a couple times a week. And it's a been just a gradual growth in relationships, so it's been cool, and I'm excited to have him on today. Mr. Giovanni Roselli, how are we doing? I'm
0: good, Dylan. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. It still feels weird when someone calls me a Floridian. I don't feel like I'm a Floridian. <laughs> I'll, I'll always be a New Yorker at heart, but my driver's license says Florida, so I guess we'll go with that.
1: Yeah, no, I hear you. I'm the same way. Um, to, to paint a picture for everybody, I think that's a pretty good place to start. What brought you down to Florida and how long have you been here?
0: I've been here, uh, I think a little over five years, maybe six years now. Um, My wife got a really good job offer down here. She's a uh, teacher. She works primarily uh, with uh, dyslexic children. Mm -hmm. Um, So she has a very uh, specific skill set. So uh, it was too good to pass up. And I not want her to pass it up. So you've got to be a good spouse, be a good husband, happy wife, happy life. As they say. <laughs> yep. I haven't experienced and, that uh, yet,
1: but I've heard that. yeah,
0: And we said, Hey, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's go for it.
1: Nice. And what part of New York were you in? Uh, Westchester
0: County in White Plains. So it's like the suburbs. It's like right outside New York city. It's about a, on an express train, it's like about thirty-five to thirty-eight minutes from where I was living into into New York City. So I was I was I wasn't working primarily in New York City, but I was always doing a lot of work um, in in New York, um, and uh, that's where I would also do like you mentioned when I would do some acting and some auditions, and even when I uh, did a lot of heavy work for Equinox, and I would go uh, in there. So, uh, yes, I was, uh, in New York quite a bit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so what is, what is the number one thing you miss about New York now being here in Florida? Uh, number one thing
0: I miss about New York. Um, well, <laughs> the, the, give, the easy answer is my family. Uh, so I don't have, I don't have any family down here. Uh, zero, nobody, um, which is, you know, which is hard, um, because, you know, I have a three- year- old daughter and a lot of people want to see her, play with her, be with her. Um, so that that's that's obviously the the Good thing. yeah
1: Valid point. Uh, I feel you on that with obviously um, I live here with Haley and everything and I have a sister um, and a niece that live a couple hours north, but two brothers, parents both still up in uh, Rhode Island, you know aunts, uncles, grandparents, everybody up there, so. You're one of three? You're one of three brothers? One of three brothers, yeah, and uh, two sisters, yeah. Oh, wow. It's a weird dichotomy, family tree. There was, uh, my parents were both married previously. They both had two kids, a boy and a girl And each one. They both got divorced, boom, they got married, had me, so I'm the the... Yeah, I'm at the back of the flying V. You could say, wow. okay. <laughs> coordinating the uh, coordinating the geese, trying to get them to flock in the same position.
0: The flying V that brings up the mighty ducks. Hopefully, yeah. you know that. that oh, like if, was... if someone mentions the flying <laughs> V, then you better automatically think of the mighty
1: ducks. Mighty ducks, without a doubt. That's that's my childhood. And I played hockey when I was younger, so that was like everything to me. That was the first sport I actually really took up um, when I was like three or four. I took up ice skating.
0: When you when you took the workshop with me, mm-hmm. or, or did you ever hear me talk about the story of how Viper was created?
1: No. Um, so to give everyone some clarification, so I took an Institute of Motion uh, workshop with Giovanni, and I had. I don't even know how I came across it. I think I came across you. We were just
0: friends on Instagram.
1: Instagram. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, uh, but the reason and I'm not
1: I, sure how that happened,
0: but the, re, the reason I mentioned that is because uh, Viper was originally created um, through the lens of looking at hockey players. Okay. That's why I don't know if I ever told you that story or, or no. you heard that story. So I'll, I'll tell it now. It seems yeah,
1: like. Yeah, please like do. It. Yeah, so that's a good time cut.
0: to tell it. So there's two very uh, wise gentlemen, um, Michelle Dauport, uh he's a biomechanist, and uh, Simon Bennett, who's a strength and conditioning coach. And they were uh, up at uh, Canadian hockey camps, semi-professional, just kind of scouting and, and looking at all the athletes. Um, and they noticed um, that there were certain athletes that were bigger, faster, and stronger than other athletes mm-hmm. and that there was certain teams of athletes that would be beaten a crap out of another team or, or other teams. So the obvious question was, okay, <laughs> the guys that keep winning and the guys that are keep beating everyone off the puck and are faster, um, where are they from? What are they doing? And the guys that are losing and the guys that are slow and the guys that are getting injured, What are they doing and where are they from? It turns out that one of them, uh, one of the teams was from the farm and another Mm -hmm. team was from the city. Um, So who do you think wins when the farm kids take on the city kids? Farm kids. Farm kids. We get farm strong, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where the idea of kind of loaded movement training and which is basically training with load Mm sub-maximally and they were, uh, they were uh, moving uh, kind of studios. And there was a piece of rolled up carpet. And then uh, someone happened to knock it down. And uh, when they knocked it down, they kind of looked at it and then picked it up. And then they said, we can kind of exercise with this thing. Alright, so just from a, looking at a piece of rolled up carpet, they took it well, what if we put handles on this thing, and then mm-hmm. we can we can reach and we can move and we can do stuff with it. What if we grab it wide? What if we grab it narrow? What if we grab one one hand in the middle and one hand wide? And we have all these different hand positions. What if we just tilt it? We don't have to pick it up. And then that's how kind of Viper was created with the mindset of what makes farm kids bigger, faster, stronger than city kids. Well, the farm kids are uh, moving throughout the day um, and they're moving in these omnidimensional, multiplanar type of directions yeah. uh, where every rep, every task, yeah. and that's why we call it ta- task-specific. It's not muscle-specific. Every task is a little different. So when I have to go pick up the hay, my right foot will be slightly in front of my left. Uh, one, my right shoulder will be a little lower than my left. And then I pick up the hay and I transition it and I rotate and then I move the weight away from my body. Right, And then I pick up the next bale of hay, which my foot's not gonna be in the exact same place. My Mm -hmm. arm's not gonna be the exact same place. And that's where we get the term of variability, right? So now I'm training for variability where every rep's a little different and I become stronger. Overall, I become more robust. My Mm -hmm. body becomes more robust, stronger, because I'm loading it and I'm getting strong in all these different planes of motion and all these different directions with all these different loads. Sometimes the hay is heavy, sometimes the hay is light. Uh, You know, sometimes i have two buckets of water in each hand. Sometimes I have one bucket of water in one hand and nothing on the other hand. So there's that asymmetrical, you know, unilateral type loading. Um, So that's where the idea came from. And, you know, it it really stemmed from looking at these hockey players in Canada saying, man, those farm kids are strong. You know, Mm -hmm. how do we train like farm kids without actually saying, "Okay, let's go in the gym and put some hay in there. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, let's kind of go in the gym and we have this kind of tube with handles that could be. Uh, used in the same type of
1: ideology as uh, as farm strength no that's it's funny how things come about because i i try to tell people all the time you know like you grab you know your you think of like a, a kaiser row turn and into a hand transition with a push it's like you're grabbing the milk, you're transitioning, you're putting it on the counter, right? Out of the fridge, right? You open the fridge, you grab something, you turn around, you give it to the wife that's asking for it because they're cooking all sorts of different things. And it's funny, it came across through a carpet, but now that makes sense why it's cylindrical and you can grab a carpet and you could move it and pick yeah. it up like that.
0: Yeah. And it's, you know, it's evolved just like everything else has evolved. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, there's a lot of great benefits to, to Viper as hopefully you're, uh, you're, you're realizing as you play around with yours. Um, But generally speaking, I think we can all agree that we are at our weakest when we are at our longest, right? So it's much harder to hold that gallon of milk out here than to hold the gallon of milk here, right? Mm -hmm. So now we're training our fascial system and, and we're training our connective tissue and completely different because we're used to training within ourselves like yeah maybe we do like in our bubble right we're yeah. doing yeah and maybe we do like a side lunge with dumbbells and then a shoulder press but we're still saying kind of centered within our body but now with, with the length that we can have and you know the directions that we have with the tube that's what makes us strong and long uh strength with length um as we as we mm-hmm. often say
1: like that strength with length yeah that that paints a good picture yeah and i i tell people i think the most basic one that i see uh people screwing up in terms of not necessarily that it's bad to train outside of the bubble right you're saying that there's all these bad these amazing benefits to it but then there is problems with certain amounts of load and some people aren't qualified and and they're not pre-qualified to work in that, you know, in that outside of that bubble with that certain load. So it's it's interesting. I always see people. I think the most basic one is you're doing like a a deadlift of some sort, and they like to hold it so far out from their shins. And it's not that that's not something that we probably do in everyday life, but it's where we can kind of lack that ability to understand. Well, if you hold your groceries out in front, it's a lot harder hold them by your legs it feels a lot easier um so don't don't necessarily not train for the hard stuff but you got to be able to fall within those limits of knowing what is capable what's not it's interesting well the the phrase I have for that and I don't have nearly as many phrases as
0: our friend Paul Christopher does um but uh now 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 that I now that I said that I totally forgot the the phrase I was oh yeah now I know it So I'm going to steal, I'm going to steal one from Mike Boyle. Hopefully we all know who, uh, and Mike Boyle said, and maybe he got it from someone else, but he goes, before you start going outside the box, make sure you know what's inside the box. Right. So when you learn how to deadlift and that's one of our fundamental patterns, one of our basic patterns, right? Like, uh, you know know how to deadlift first know how to deadlift properly before you start getting sexy with okay staggered stance you know deadlift with a, you know with a with a reach you know something where, where you get to where you get too sexy too quick and that's a big problem we have in the fitness industry today mm-hmm. you know where you know look at social media and just just look at what's what's out there and a lot of things look cool and then unfortunately you know a lot of people try it and like you said um, you know, their, their body isn't prepared, isn't ready. Yeah. It doesn't have the foundation for it. Um, and, and they think they're going to look like what the video looks like and who knows how long, who, who, who knows how long that video took to shoot. Right. Cause they just, they just posted the good one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> we, we know that posted, all too well.
0: And they posted it from. You know, the the right angle where if their back was a little rounded, maybe you couldn't see it. see it because, you know, they put it at a 45 degree type angle, you know, things like that. Um, so I think we have to be very, uh, very careful of, of monkey see, monkey do and just, you know, looking at stuff and hey, I, I, I post exercises and, you know, mm-hmm. I'm probably just as guilty of it because truth be told, like some of the exercises that I'm posting, I hope that some someone doesn't look at it without a good foundation and say hey let me let me try this thing right I, i'm I, i'm mostly from the school of thought is hey here's here's a tool and it it's not it's not always viper viper pro it's you know here's a tool here's how i like to use it here's mm-hmm. how it would benefit me and my clients um and i kind of leave it at that i don't i I don't really say like give it a try like do (laughs) do this do this and let me know how it goes because you're you know you could be potentially asking for trouble
1: yeah the the good old uh save this one for later and give it a try yeah i don't think (laughs) yeah i don't don't think there's enough people um qualified Uh, to be, to be doing that kind of stuff. And it's interesting, like you said, you got, you got to have a foundation and unfortunately it's become a virtual industry that allows for anybody to have access to it, but there, what is, what is it? And what is, what is the final product that they're getting? It's the sum of years of training, years of getting good at taking a video and knowing the angles and then 12 to 15 takes of, you know, doing it crappily and then putting it out there so that it looks the best and it's marketable and those sorts of things. So, yeah. And
0: and I know like you, you do a lot of studying and and watching, um, successful people and and Mm -hmm. what they do and how they do it. And it's like all the successful people take fitness out of it. They're successful because they are very good at the basics and they are very good at the fundamentals. Um, and, you know, I always, it's easy, to, it's easy to use the example of Michael Jordan, um, but, you know, he's a good example to use. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he, he would hammer home the basics of just standing on a free throw line and shooting literally thousands, you know, every day and just getting that repetition in and doing well. And then he makes the hard stuff look easy. Yes. Um, because if you hammer home the basics and you master the basics, then you can get to the hard stuff. And here's another one that I like to use. I, I'll probably, I, I may have used this in the in the IOM workshop that you did, but it was probably very quickly. Only those who take the time to, sim, to do the simple things perfectly ever acquire the skills to do the difficult things easily. So only those who take the time to do the simple things perfectly ever acquire the skills to do the difficult things easily. You got that?
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's profound. And it simple. It's just long worded. And, and like you said, um, often just overlooked. It's nothing uh, outside of the ordinary, regardless of what industry you're looking at. But if you, I mean, in the most basic of human things, if you can't, you know, say your ABCs, right? You, you you can't get to words. And if you can't get to words, you can't get to sentences. And if you can't get to sentences, you can't get to writing a book. Like right. yep. you have to yep. you have to start somewhere. And I, I've looked at I've
0: looked at Michael Jordan a lot and I've studied a lot of his stuff. I used to be I grew up in the nineties. So mm-hmm. Jordan, you know, I was a bandwagon Bulls fan. Like how couldn't you not be a <laughs> Michael Jordan? And I lived in New York and everyone, you know, everyone was the Knicks trying to beat Jordan um, and they they couldn't do it. You know, Michael Jordan and John Wooden, and I don't know if anybody out there has looked at John Wooden stuff, or, or if you have as well. Um, John Wooden is, is an amazing person to look at and study mm-hmm. as well from a leadership standpoint. And the, the two things of many that they have in common is, is that the two of them made practice so hard that the game became easy. Easy. right? So they, they John Wooden was notorious for running his teams through the gamut during practice so they couldn't wait for the game because (laughs) the game would end up slowing down and the game would end up being easy Mm -hmm. right so it's it goes back to that that practice practicing the basics practicing the fundamentals over and over again, doing them well. And you know, it, that's an extreme case. So, you know, I'm not saying You're like, fair. Hey, everybody, you know, run your teams into the ground until they can't wait to stop practicing. But yeah. the idea is there where if I continue to put in time, effort and consistently into something, and I do that, I do that enough over time then when it's literally game time, right. When uh, you know, when I have to perform, if I'm going to do a Spartan race or, or some, or something like that um, Mm -hmm. where it's, it's actually a, you know uh, you know, timed or um, I want to win or something like that, then I'm ready or you'll be ready. And, and on a more lower activities of daily living scale, like when I have to, uh, you know, uh, across the street, and I don't see that pothole there. And I have to either jump over it quickly, or I step in it, but my balance and reaction stops me uh, and stabilizes me. So I don't pop my ankle or I don't roll over, uh, you know, my foot or something like that. That's, that's where you
1: win. Yeah, valid. It's the small victories every day. Uh, you, I, I take them for granted. But sometimes I catch myself. I'm like, no, oh, thank God, like, I am not you know, clumsy in a sense where like, I don't put myself through movements that acquire a lot of brain activity. And I, and clients say that all the time. You're like, they're, you're making me think good. That's yeah. good. That's what I want. I want you to have to think and move because then when you get into a situation, you don't have to think about it. Your body's going to react that way. Specifically, that's what I'm training you for.
0: Yeah. And the best one of the best ways to prevent things like alzheimer's dementia Mm -hmm. and cognitive decline is to do things with our body where our brain also has to uh also has to connect
1: multi-sensory activities yep yep anything even if it's i mean people overlook some of that stuff and that's where i've really dove into the neurological understanding of things. Because it doesn't
0: give you a pump. It doesn't,
1: it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't get blood necessarily
0: the blood flowing as if you did 20 bicep curls and your arms feel twice the size of, you know, and it's hard for people to get over that. And yeah. once you can finally get over that and realize that, you know what, my grandmother has dementia or my dad's, you know, starting to forget things and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in line and, you know, next, you know, then you're like, wait, maybe I should, maybe I should do some more brain. Uh, games and some Mm -hmm. cognitive type of uh, activities
1: no and that's once again that's just another reason why i value your professional opinion your you know when you're in the gym being able to watch you know what you're doing and how you're going about teaching your clients and if you're given a speech you know or if you're doing a seminar trying to you know catch some of it or or go to it because you just you you take that perspective and look at it and you don't look at it from just only living on this side of the fence your whole life, you come from the background of being in a place where you've experienced injury. You experienced the holy crap, my body hurts every day I wake up. And it was a result of your training as a, a younger individual. So, can you paint a picture for how, if you were my age, uh, you know, 25, sorry. Right. What 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 would um what was your training like at that age? What were you doing and yeah. how were you living?
0: Yeah. Well, that that was very simple. I, I was like most other 25s, um, and you're so ahead of the curve, so we can't count you. Um, but you know, Monday was probably chest day. Tuesday was back. Wednesday was either legs or shoulders. Thursday was whatever legs and shoulders weren't, and then mm-hmm. Friday was arms, uh, something along those lines. Maybe I took a day in between, or you know, something like that. But it was a very traditional, um, you know, body part split. I still have the Arnold Schwarzenegger Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding, um, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I did that. I followed that, um, you know, religiously and to the T. Where to to the credit of being consistent. It works, like yeah,
1: valid for for those if, results that you're looking for. Yeah,
0: yeah, it. And my muscles got bigger, um, and my muscles got stronger. Um, but my muscles didn't get stronger um, omnidirectionally. Mm-hmm. My muscles got stronger in one plane of motion. My muscles got stronger in a very sagittal, linear type direction and plane. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you alluded to in the beginning you know i was uh, a, for, a former uh, professional wrestler with wwe where could you think of a a, a sport or activity that's more multiplanar and yeah. more omnidirectional? and you know in pro we call you know you also need odd position strength odd position strength is that basically that non traditional non linear non symmetrical strength where if I'm a wrestler and I have literally have to catch someone that's jumping at me here, my arm's going to be like this. And my, my shoulder's going to be slightly turned. I'm going to be a little laterally flexed. I'm going to be a little city. So that's an odd position to be strong in. And and then I have a 250 pound man that's going to jump on me that I have to catch. Yeah. Right. So if it, it, I could do all the great chest press in the world, right. But is that going to transfer over and get me stronger and help me catch, you know, you know, that individual and that person. Um so so looking back, I mean, I obviously wished I, I did a lot more of the stuff that I've been taught and the stuff that I teach and the stuff that I uh you know do now. Um, but unfortunately I wasn't exposed to any of that. Um and a lot
1: of people were at any, that time.
0: That. Yeah. So so you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty and
1: uh, and
0: like well like you said, you know, with with the uh, with the injuries that I suffered, um I was trying to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. And I was trying to you know, figure out ways to heal my body. Um, and I've injured just about every major part of my body. Um, I've broken my foot. I've tore my ACL, MCL, PCL, had major ACL uh, reconstructive surgery, patella tendon graft. Um, I tore my uh, bicep on my right arm, not repaired. Tore my bicep on my left arm, was repaired. Uh, dislocated my shoulder five times. I had five major shoulder, uh, five major shoulder dislocations. Two major shoulder operations. Um, what else did I do? Two partially torn pecs. Neither of them were repaired. Um, and about 16 years ago, uh, my lower back started to really bother me during a wrestling practice one day. And uh, at the time, you know, I'm 24 or even 23 you're invincible and you don't know any better and you don't care. So I went to the doctor and the doctor said, um, uh, if you keep wrestling, you're going to need a major back operation. And I said, okay. Uh, and I said, how long he goes, probably about 10 years. And I go 10 years. So sweet. I got 10 years to beat up my body. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, now <laughs> I'm once again, you know, paying the price for all of that, all of that training, um, you know, that I did. And, you know, that's not to say that uh, I'm not proud of what I did or the body that I built, but I didn't build a body that was uh, sustainable, mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I, I didn't build a body uh, that was resilient. And those are the two words that we often use in Institute of Motion, um, mm-hmm. as well as you know, building a body that's sustainable and building a body that's resilient um, for for sport and and for life, for now and for one 30
1: years from now yeah no super valid i've i've come across uh you know some of those things but i want uh, painting a picture for me you said that you came across that injury at like 23 when did you originally start wrestling uh i originally
0: <laughs> I, I got injured uh pretty quickly into it so i started wrestling at I think I was 19 turning 20, Um, you know, professionally uh, Mm -hmm. in the, you know, the ring, the ropes, jumping off the ropes, all that stuff. Um, And uh, a very large man, he must have been probably around 260 to 280, probably around six foot six. Uh, We were doing a match and uh, there was other guys in the ring and he literally threw me out of the ring over the top and I uh, put my hand down to catch myself and I, I was thrown with such force that and then my shoulder dislocated mm-hmm. um, and then from there um, I've, I've had chronic shoulder problems ever since mm-hmm. and you know it's it's definitely my weakest link it's definitely what I spend a lot of time on mm-hmm. even if I'm doing legs but because as you know the, the the this bone's connected to this bone, so yeah. <laughs> name it all right. And and fascial webs and connections. Um, even if I'm going to do a leg dominant, lower body dominant, you know, exercise or routine or this then I'm still going to do a lot of stuff for this shoulder. Because if this shoulder's not in the right place, mm-hmm. and I go to squat or, you know, and, and I don't have that thoracic extension when I need it to do some type of lower body, uh, exercise, then I'm putting now my lower body in danger. And then before you know it, then you start backing up your hips or your knees or your feet. Um, um so, uh, I take a lot of time with, with my shoulder work.
1: No, super, super important. And I think it paints a beautiful picture for people who are listening to that, like, You've quite literally put your body through, through, you know, the gamut, right? Everything and anything. You've you've got the shoulder issue. You've got you know the back. You've got the biceps, the ACL, the broken foot, all of it. It's not an excuse to stop working out. It's not an excuse to stop being active. It's not an excuse to be sedentary and sit on your ass all day. And I think a lot of people nowadays, because of traditional medicine and what the doctors may say after they give you a diagnosis right they get so caught up in this well I, I go to physical therapy and insurance pays for it and I do my 12 sessions and then I'm not good by then and the doctor told me I should never deadlift or I shouldn't pick up anything heavy and I should and then they they feel this you know the the weight of the world on their shoulders, that they're not allowed to do anything, but then they start to feel heavier, and they start to feel more lethargic, and they start to eat those feelings, and then all of a sudden, it's a snowball effect, Um, but it paints a beautiful picture that you went from that to not only continuing to be active, but to then learn your way out of those mistakes and to continue to to move in the opposite direction, the opposite end of the spectrum, um, a lot of people just kind of take what you know, take what hits them, and okay, that's it, I'm stuck, I'm
0: done. And, and I, I will say that I'm I'm proud of the fact that if someone saw me and didn't know a thing about me, and they saw me work out, they would not in a million years to think that anything was wrong with me. Because mm-hmm. um, I've had plenty of people come up to me during my workouts, as you have when, you know, we're doing this weird stuff or this yeah. very flow based flow based activities that looks very seamless or that just looks smooth. And, you know, you know, someone said, you know, what is that? Or, you know, someone what someone came up to me one time, which is very funny. And they go, are you a dancer? Oh, no. uh, I'm, I'm, I, that's like the ultimate compliment that you saw me exercise and you think that I'm a dancer yeah um, but you know that's uh that's once again to the work that I've put in that I have to put in um I wish I, I say this all the time I wish I can just get out of bed do one of these uh, you know, do, you, know do, you know do one of these and then go give me the dumbbells and then go but yeah. I, I I can't um and i won't um that's probably what your warm-up looked like back in the day huh right yeah yeah well i always make fun of everyone like me and uh someone for a warm-up back in the day for someone like me and a lot of people's warm-ups now are uh if you're going to do chess then your warm-up would just be the bar or 135 on the bench that's your (laughs) warm-up Like your dynamic warm-up is doing 135 on the bench Mm -hmm. Um, But there's no way I would even entertain, um, you know, you know, doing that. The the, the prep for my workout is longer than my workout Mm -hmm. because I'm from that same mentality of if I could just prepare my body to the best of the ability and I create as much space in my body mobility to move and I'm as uh, warm heat up right as yes. as i can be then the workout the actual uh strength part or whatever the focus the, is that day uh, yeah. the uh, of that day will be optimized that much more and it doesn't even have to take that long because also what's that what's that funny line, like my warm-up is your workout or something, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But because as my my warm up is still a workout. Um, mm-hmm. it's just getting me to the meat and potatoes of the of the theme, of the theme of that day. So it's like once I get through my warm-up, I'm like, oh, thank god, the hard part's over yeah (laughs) and then and then then that's still saying the hard part's over and i'm still have to like deadlift squat box jump uh you know push up uh you know uh, you know uh, uh, viper tilt uh, you know all this stuff that's the easy part because i got through the warm-up which is the hard part
1: i'm the i'm the same way um and it's it's funny that you said the taking pride in someone watching you and having them compliment or look at you and be like, I wish I could do that. And it's not a mystery. It's not a mistake. It's not some like magical thing that happened, you know, guaranteed. I don't know about your childhood in terms of sports, but I was, I was just very sport heavy as a kid. I was very active. I had older siblings, right. As we mentioned, so I was always trying to keep up and just the activity and the amount of things that I did led to more kinesthetic awareness led to, um, you know, a different maybe physique and led to different things, but it, once again, it still wasn't just magic. It, it may have not been a conscious decision at that age entirely, but it transitioned into now I totally could have stopped playing college basketball when I broke my foot and just never did anything else and, and never decided to work out again and decided, okay, I'm going to get a nine to five job and I'm not going to do anything. Um, But I've broken both of my feet. I've broken both of my nose. I've dislocated my um, AC joint here on my right shoulder and I've dislocated a rib um, in jujitsu. So I too have a lot of things that like, you know, not a ton and not nearly as crazy and nothing massive, but there's a lot of maintenance to be done. And it, when I don't do that maintenance, I feel it. And the feelings that everyone may have on a day to day general, you know, basis, it, everyone feels those things in a sense. It's just a matter of, are you going to counteract that? Or are you just going to let that be your, your timeline, your story? Yeah, and then and then
0: it's just a snowball from there. And you know, you know, things can snowball in both ways. Things can snowball positively. Things can snowball negatively. Yeah. Uh, to to bring in another quote, and I just kind of looked it up here because I knew it, but I didn't, didn't know it uh, word for word. Yeah. Michelangelo, the famous Michelangelo. Right? The famous. Um, if people only knew how hard I worked to gain my mastery, it wouldn't seem so wonderful at all. Right. So people look at the, that exercise or uh, you working out and they say, man, that's awesome that you do that. Meanwhile, they don't know what's behind the scenes. They don't know. They don't know when you pull back the curtain, how much time and effort you, you put into making that look easy or making that look so smooth when, you know, they just see the they just see the finished product, which is why I like that Michelangelo quote, because, you know, you look at something. You know, like a pretty painting, or you look at someone who's really good at what they do, and you're like, "Oh, wow!" You see it from there, and we, we see a lot of memes like that, where it's like the, you know, the the gold medal, but then underneath the gold medal was like hard work, disappointment, failure, yeah. Yeah. you know, opportunity, you know, all this other stuff. The classic iceberg, right?
1: The classic at, iceberg, uh, right. At at the the classic iceberg picture,
0: right? Yeah. Right. That that you don't that you don't realize. So
1: you're you're kind of the meme queen uh, king. Now that I mentioned, you know, think about it. You're you're always you. You got a good collection. I feel like on a weekly basis, I see two, three, maybe four pop up on your. I just I just steal them from when I see one and I just I just post it.
0: You know, I, I can't remember who, who said it recently. Um, I, I it, it was a celebrity, but he's like, you know what? just post funny stuff and just be happy like instead of like you know going through these rants and the you know all this other so that's what I try to do like if I see something funny like I think the last thing I posted was all my posts may not be funny but all your selfies aren't cute either or something like that Um, or you know like uh you know you know you let kids believe it's Santa like you believe your filtered pictures are real. You know, stuff, <laughs> funny. You know, stuff like that. I find. Uh, yeah. I find fun. No,
1: it's comical. Um, so I always just, get a I good laugh. Just,
0: yeah, I just, I just stick with it. And at this point in my life, in my career, like, I, I'm just gonna do what makes me happy, and you know, hopefully it, it makes other people laugh or makes other people happy as well, because you know that that's all I want
1: now and and for valid. Things. It's not about, uh, you know, making everybody uh, your friend and making everybody agree with what you think and trying to get everyone on your side, live your life, speak the truth, have fun. Don't be a negative Nancy and... Yeah, you know,
0: and if people have the time to do stuff, like what I'm about to say, I guess more power to you. But like, if you want to like argue over like, the legitimacy of a particular exercise, or where a certain bone should be when you're exercising, or where, like, man, like, I, I guess, like, more power to you, but like, I just don't have the time for that right now. <laughs> like, I'd rather play with my daughter, or work on myself, or help my clients better than mm-hmm. to try to like explain like why like you shouldn't be doing Russian twists, which like is is up for
1: debate. Um, yeah, but you know, I just don't have the, I just don't have the time for that. And I think, so I was, I was having that thought the other day and it's like, a lot of people will go to the grave trying to, you know, speak and and get someone else to understand what's going on in their head. And, and then there's the whole, like, you know, live for something or die for nothing. Right. That's like the counteract. It's like, well, if you're not going to do anything, you know, all out, then don't do anything at all. It's like, well, life happens in the gray. You know, you can't you can't look at one side or the other. Everything's gonna happen somewhere in between. And so many people, I think, like you're talking about with social media, and especially throughout the last six months of no one working at a you know at a place and and having to drive to work and not having to get ready and, you know, wearing pajama pants while they're on business, you know, calls and things like that. People all of a sudden have tons more time and it's becoming more prevalent to just sit on your phone and talk about some of the most ridiculous things. Like you said, just live, laugh, love, spend time with your family. And I don't know about you, and I feel like you might be the same way if it wasn't for, you know, business and the the way of the world. I would not be on it. Yes. No yes. A hundred percent. No way. I can't stand it. I really, and I'm not a, I'm not a huge, there's, there's the creating side of it and there's the consuming side of it. Um, I'm far more of a creator than I am a consumer. I don't know how people find it comfortable to just lay in bed on their phone for hours or you know, sit on the couch on their phone for hours on end and just like scroll and scroll and scroll and yeah. scroll. If it wasn't for like brand building and, you know, the small opportunity to like maybe stay in contact with friends and family a little bit, I would not yeah. be on it whatsoever.
0: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. And, uh, the, <laughs> the, the struggle that I have is like even like, and I'm sure you've had it like we've all had days where like, screw this, man, I'm, I'm done with social media. Or like, yeah. I, you know, I'm just going to get off. But, you know, like I do enough writing um, on blogs and for magazines and things like that, where I like to post my articles. Um, I, I I very rarely post anything that's not contributing to. Uh, my business, or sometimes, like uh, very, very rarely, do I post something about my family. But when I write, see, I write for a couple uh, places. One is called like Daddy's Digest, Daddy'sDigest.com, awesome. um, and I write for them. So I would post something about my daughter and, and fatherhood on that. But if it wasn't for all of that stuff, then yeah, I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be on it. I, I think. I think there there are positives to it, but For sure. I, I honestly think that social media is more negative uh, and has more downside than, than upside. And you know, I'm sure a lot of people will disagree with that. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think giving everyone a microphone and giving everyone the ability to put anything out there and then have someone to bicker back and forth and just, you know, retweet this or do that. Or, you know, you know, it's just, it, 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 it makes people, I, I think it, it's making people more crazy. I think it's, I think it's driving people more crazy uh, where they end up just scrolling and or, or looking for a fight. Like, how can you say that about that person? Yeah. You, know, you, you know, that person is, is, is awful. You know, all this, you know, and I think we're, we're at a time uh, where, uh, there's a lot of people that are like looking for looking for like a little fight yeah um, I see it on the streets I see it in cars like everyone's like honking horn. like the, the light just turned gr- the light didn't even turn green yet like honking your horn I'm like dude like the light just turned green like <laughs> like everyone's just like so on edge I think it's obviously the time that we're in as well but throwing the time that we're in with the social media platform that that we
1: have is I, I, I think, personally, that it's doing more harm than good. Yeah, it's a recipe for disaster in, in some cases, without a doubt. What what Have you seen uh, The Social Dilemma on Netflix? I, I haven't. I've heard a
0: lot about it. I've heard a lot of people talk about it. Mm. <laughs> Do I even want to see it? Because isn't that going to make it more? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> From what I know about it, isn't that going to make it worse? Like Once you watch this thing and be like, oh my god they're, they're watching us right now. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this podcast with you. And then I'm going to get an ad for limitless theory in yeah. my, <laughs>
1: you know, in my feed. If I, if I cared enough to run ads, that would probably happen. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm not at that point yet. No,
0: it's but it is. even without running ads. I still, you know, you know, what will happen? You may probably start to come up more in my feed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Even something it's, as weird as that, like, you know, yeah, you interact with somebody and then they go to the top of the feed um and then they you start seeing a lot of their their stuff again so but yeah i i haven't seen
1: it yeah if you don't want to really get spooked then don't yeah don't (laughs) don't watch it (laughs) um and i didn't even watch the whole thing in entirety i don't think um I i got through like half of it and i I think I think the moral of the story and I, I coincidentally enough I tweeted this the other day sometimes I uh, Twitter's like my dumping ground for ideas that I want to like write blogs on and maybe make like freestyle podcasts and things of that nature um, just to uh, put two sentences out there and and I don't even think I have more than like twenty followers on Twitter i I, I never built I gotta, it up I
0: gotta follow you
1: uh oh you gotta uh oh Bad news. So, <laughs> so I tweeted the mind other mind? day,
0: but then it's but always but only if you follow me back. Why yeah. don't you follow me back? Because I'm so immature <laughs> that you, you have to follow me back. Like, that's the world we live in. Like, oh my god, like, get over yourselves,
1: dude. I'll what's follow, your rate? Dude, your ratio is way up, bro. You follow like 15,000, you only have like 4,000 followers. You're crazy. <laughs> So, is,
0: it, limit, is I, it limitless theory? I'm gonna follow you in real
1: time. No, I think it's um D Foss or D underscore Foss three. Underscore Foss. Yep, yeah, three. There you
0: are, shirtless. That always helps. Always. Yeah. Well. <laughs> one of my favorite. So you got. You got one more follower now.
1: Nice. If this, podcast,
0: ask? if this podcast has done nothing for you, you gain one follower.
1: <laughs> just just climbing the ladder, one podcast at a time. <laughs> so uh, I think I had tweeted, um, "I'm so much more of a a doer than keeping track of doing." And I think something alongside of of social networks is just the advancement in technology and the need for everything to be in some sort of, you know, phone or computer or laptop or drive or cloud or whatever, I, there's nothing that, you know, I think you know about flow state, right? And the ability for the brain to turn off everything that it, it is going on outside of, of that, right? And anxiety goes way down when you're in flow state as a result of you're catching a 280-pound man you're doing something physically, mentally, everything is right, you know, in this bubble that we talk about. Right. And you're completely engulfed in that scenario and situation. You don't have the resources to think about anything else. And the same thing for me with basketball, it used to just, nothing else matters. And when you get into these things, you start to realize that you so much of your sensory, um, you know, the the different sensory parts of your brain are not being really used and all of a sudden a million other things are popping in and out of your head and you're losing that ability to be in a flow state. And if you're anything like me, I just would rather be in a doing situation. Like if my hands are on something and they're working on something, nothing else really matters. I never, I'll, I'll go hours and hours and hours without looking at my phone. But if I'm on my laptop, all of a sudden my phone seems like it's so prevalent and important. Right. If I'm like keeping track of something here, all of a sudden, like my phone just seems like it's always asking for me. It's always calling me. It's always this. Right. And you got to keep track of all these different things and you got to keep spreadsheets and you get, I just, I don't know if you're in that same scenario. You feel that, uh, that need to yeah, well, I mean, as everyday. as you
0: know, there's three different ways we can learn something, right? Mm-hmm. There's uh, there's visual, there's auditory, and there's kinesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm that kinesthetic. Uh, it sounds yes. like you were describing uh, you yes. know, kinesthetic as well. Um, and we've we're gradually losing uh, the ability to even have that as an option, mm-hmm. which which is really going to be detrimental to to our society and to society's uh, you know, coming up where, you know, yeah, some of the memes that I post are from like back in the day, you didn't know uh, how hard it was to, to do this, where kids aren't going to even know or understand, you know, how to do, you know, simple things. You know, one, one thing that's interesting is uh, how many people today know how to write, still write in script and know how to write in script? How many I people don't know. do you see write? No, <laughs> it's, no. like a, it's like a lost art. It's like a lost art, right? And you know, and now it's do I even need to know how to write? Because all I need to know is how to just do that.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. I
0: I barely even need to know how to how to write with my hand because everything that I need to do in my life will be accomplished uh, technically successfully if I know how to do this and I know how to I know how to do this and I don't even need to know how to how to literally uh, write right
1: with a pen or pencil yeah. yeah that's actually really sickening to think about because i wrote in cursive all the way through fifth grade and i remember getting to middle school and be like oh, you don't have to write in cursive anymore and by the time i was in 10th grade i completely forgot couldn't write an ounce of cursive and i still can't i i know like because of billy madison i know how not to write a z and uh if you're familiar with <laughs> with that scene, right? Rizzuto, uh, (laughs) buzz, and she starts throwing all those words at him. Um (laughs) so like I know how to, you know, connect a couple of letters, but like I if you asked me how to write a J or an F, I mean I would have I would have no idea whatsoever. OSS, I know how to write my name, I think. Yeah. Um, but it's weird. Yeah, because now and my, my niece and your your daughter's three and your do- your wife's a teacher. My niece is now eight. And from the age of of two, she knew how to pick up a phone and call somebody. So everything she does in school, I know, is on an iPad. So you're right. Like, when is she physically? How? What is the ratio of, you know, physically writing time to, you know, typing time? on a day-to-day basis because if she gets to high school and all of a sudden there's no more writing (laughs) i forgot how to do it really quickly you know in cursive who knows how quickly that skill can get lost yeah and
0: and i think it's it's a good goal to have to take little things like that and say, you know what, like, I'm a lefty, you're a lefty too, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: No, but I don't know if this is where you're going. But I was thinking earlier today, I'm sitting in the office, and I was eating after a workout. And I was like, I'm gonna eat with my left hand. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like little things like that, like, um, about six years ago, I said, I'm gonna start brushing my teeth with my other hand. Yes. And it took a while, took a long time took a long time um but now i go immediately to on I'm a lefty and i now i just immediately brush my teeth with my right hand like i don't even think about it. and i still brush my teeth with my left hand yeah um so little things like that and my next goal which which i say i'm going to do and maybe i need to now i'm putting it out there because it's on yes. the podcast is Put it i want to i want to as simple as this sounds, I want to write the alphabet every day with my other hand, and I want to just kind of start there. Nice, um, and nice. just, just to uh, you know, just to find another open uh,
1: neural pathway that I could uh, you yeah. know
0: open up. Um,
1: so you know, I I heard a a really awesome statement the other day, and I don't remember what I was watching, but it was saying that 10% of our brain capacity. Is on our uh, right side of our brain, and ninety percent of our brain capacity is in the left side. Um, speaking from the creative and logic, um, you know, comparisons. Um, so it's funny to think, right? The more that you c- can creatively move and flow, and visualize and imagine and meditate on something, mm-hmm. and you're you're infinitely. Uh, more capable on that side of your brain. And what does it take? It takes small things. I remember I was eating and brushing my teeth in high school with my opposite hand, because my goal was to get better at left-handed layups. So I started that in high school and it carried through college. And I still, to this day, I brush with my left hand, like you're saying the exact same thing. The one thing that I also haven't gotten really good at is writing with my left. It's, it's, Definitely and a longer time kind of thing.
0: As I'm sure you can attest, when we get a client, more mm-hmm. more like a new client, isn't it amazing how they have very little body awareness? How it's like, all right, do a, you know, do five lunges on your left leg, and then they do five lunges on their left leg, and then all right, uh, take a take a break and do five lunges on your right leg and they do five lunges on their left leg again I was like no like you just did your left leg (laughs) like you are so out of tune with your body and Mm -hmm. your mind that you've lost all awareness not just in your mind and not just in your body but together um with with simple movements and which is where we come in too where it's you know I just don't want to train you to look good like yeah I know most of us you know we want to look good. And yeah, I want to, I want to look good too, but I also, I also don't want to mention Alzheimer's one day either. Um, so I want to, I want to do stuff that, you know, challenges, challenges my mind and I'm going to do stuff that challenges my client's uh, mind and brain. And you've seen it firsthand, you know, some of the stuff that I've done uh, with my clients and I'm just unfortunately amazed and surprised how you get somebody, you know, more like, you know, middle age, because obviously the younger you are, the easier it is to pick up something. For sure. um, but you get someone, you know, middle age, you know, maybe a weekend warrior, maybe someone who's been a former athlete. Maybe they're not, maybe they're a desk person, maybe they're not. Um, and then you have them do some simple stuff and you're like, wow, this person doesn't even know they're left from their right. Yeah. This person doesn't even know how to do something reciprocal left to right. Um, yeah. You know, and it's, uh, you know, it's sometimes
1: I ask the question, like, how, how'd you walk in the door? Like, <laughs> did you hit your head? You know, like it's it, it really is profound and um, mind boggling to think that someone can't comprehend stand with your feet in a split stance, punch and pull. This right here is like, if you can stand in a split stance and do this movement right here, you're tackling 90% of life. But if you do it consciously and not subconsciously in a daily activity, people are like, oh my God, what is going on? Um, Or simple cues of like, pull the band to your chest and they're like, over here. Like, no, to your chest. Oh yeah. Okay. No, like I want it on your chest. Oh, okay. And then three reps, three reps later, they're back over here. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's sad to see because if there's anything that we have, you know, access to, um, the way I always think about it is you're the only person that can move your body and you're the only person that can see your thoughts you have 60,000 thoughts a day you're the only person with access to them i can't think i can't go inside of your brain geo and and try to you know steal a good thought you wouldn't want to either <laughs> <laughs> i can't go in there and steal a good thought so like you're you're only the only access that anyone has to that that vault of 60,000 every single day is the person that that holds them and the only person that can move this body is me the only person that can move your body is you and for some people to not have the ability to kind of explore life or express their emotions through their bodies um where i think a lot of people are once again like you're saying you're you're they're losing psychological stability not just from you know kinesthetic stability like you can't stand in a split stance but psychologically the stability to be able to handle outside you know um, emotions and energies is just like plummeting at a really quick rate and i don't it's have a ton of like, like, what'd you say psychological stability i like
0: psychological yeah. stability I
1: yeah i think i think honestly i i always try to teach people breathing patterns and habits as well and i've had a lot of success with that and I've had clients come back and say you know I was like in a real crazy situation not because it was like hectic in a in a crazy bad way it wasn't like anything wild but it just like you know mentally I was like way out of it and I was about to like argue with somebody and I just I just you took those deep breaths that you taught me how to do for like two three minutes and all of a sudden I was fine I was you know I felt much better I went into the situation a lot better and it's like, I didn't do anything profound for you. I just, you know, you expressed your energy or you got that energy or you translated that energy that was inside you in some sort of way. Um, so mentally it didn't just become a, you know, dynamite bomb and explode. Um, it
0: goes It goes back to the simple stuff that I was saying before. It's, <laughs> it's just, if you're really good at simple stuff, then you'll be pretty good at life.
1: Yeah, talent. <laughs> you'll you'll just be able to handle the harder stuff in a, in a better yeah. manner
0: yeah simplicity is sophistication
1: i like that one too yeah. i'm gonna tweet that one later i'm gonna take credit for it yeah. <laughs> or maybe that'll it. be our first interaction on twitter i'll, I'll yes. tag you yeah yes. I'll i, it I stole
0: you. it from someone see i'm not as heavy as pc but i got some i got some quotes mm-hmm. in my pocket yeah. right
1: you got, you got them in the back yeah Yeah. Um, In terms of uh, your, you know, we alluded to before, you know, getting good at the simple things, we alluded to it just now. And you alluded to wishing that you could just wake up and be like, all right, let's go, let's get into it. So when you do wake up, what are what are some of your like, things that you try to tackle and make sure that you harp on um do you have a morning routine that you stick to some people are really heavy on those some people are more so yeah Um,
0: yeah some simple stuff um i always upon waking i always drink uh one glass of water Mm -hmm. um as soon as i wake up and then i put on um some green tea and Mm -hmm. then uh uh green tea is my first uh interaction with any type of uh, substance um, for the day other than, you know, obviously the water. Um, I always try to get my workout in first thing early in the morning, especially with my daughter. Cause if I just put it off, then it's
1: just mm-hmm.
0: never going to happen or never happening the way I want it. And I take as, as you do, and as a lot of fitness professionals do, like I take my workout very seriously. Um, and not that I don't want to have fun in my workout, but, I have things that I need to accomplish in my workout that are gonna help me become a better person and that are gonna make me feel better throughout the day. So there's, uh, there's a focus there where I wanna get my, my job done. Um, so I'll always try to get my, my workout in early, uh, early in the morning. And a lot of the things I do in the morning is for my feet um, because if I have that kind of ground connection And if I make that ground connection and my feet are alive and awake, then the rest of my day hopefully will feel better and be better because hopefully I'll be on my feet uh, for a good chunk of it and not sitting on my butt doing nothing all day, which will never be me. Um, So, you know, I'll do stuff like uh, I have different uh, 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 pallets of rocks and I kind of just step and, and do grounding exercises and you know, in different surfaces of rocks, uh, maybe I'll do some golf ball, um, kind of like trigger point, uh, mm-hmm. rolling on the balls. Um, I have, um, I have a, a, a calf board. Uh, there you go. Um, I have a calf board slant board. So I'll do some, you know, ankle, ankle dorsiflexion, uh, work on there. Um, and then from there I'll, I'll get into kind of shoulder prep, you know, like, like, you know, you know, attack the big bucket. So ankle foot, Yep. hip hip, and thoracic spine and then with thoracic spine i also put in you know shoulder into that
1: shoulder um, neck yeah
0: yeah so i'll just you know i'll attack all those three uh all those three buckets and i'll build the workout just as you know uh how you build your workout and it'll gradually crescendo up into that main event Mm-hmm. It's pun intended, uh, of, uh, you know, of the theme of the day where if that's, if that's a strength based, you know, muscular strength type workout, if that's more of a cardiovascular type workout, it, you know, um, you know, that'll be the, that'll be the crescendo up, but I'll always, I'll always do something for, for my feet, my hips and, and my shoulders thoracic spine. And I'll try to do that, uh, you know, early in the morning, um, and then get that out of the way. Um, I actually recently just purchased an, an inversion table, um, so I've been I've been playing around with a little bit of uh, inversions mm-hmm. um, with my shoulder. Um, it's it would be hard for me to you know, and may not be very smart for me to try to master a handstand. So sometimes you you got to know when to what was that term know when to fold them and know when to go with it. right? <laughs> yeah. um, and you know, as nice it would be to do handstands. With five dislocations, a couple torn biceps, couple torn pecs, two major shoulder surgeries, it would be nice to do handstands, um, mm-hmm. but it may not be in my best interest because my doctor's already told me for years that like, that there's very little cartilage left and I'm almost running on uh, three tires instead of four. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably be a very good candidate for a shoulder replacement one day. So I'm trying to hold on to this guy, uh, the best I can. Um, so I've been getting a little more still trying to, you know, do some inversions, which is really good for spinal decompression. Um, and you know, a lot of little things. So I have a percussion, you know, massage gun. I got an inversion table. I got the rocks for my feet, you know, it's, and we call that variability too, where, you know, I'm exposing my body to several, uh, many different, uh, you know types of modalities and you know equipment um, where a lot of tools in the toolbox
1: or the tool belt. Yeah,
0: which which would make my body hopefully more resilient and sustainable. But the the, the secret sauce is: do you know where to put them all? Do you know where to fit them? Do you know where? where they go do you know how they complement each other because otherwise you just got a whole big tool shed with a whole bunch of tools (laughs) in it and you don't know how to use most of them or you don't know where one of them goes and do i use this do i use this to screw in the nail or to hammer in the you know the the, uh the piece of wood like you know you're talking backwards um so you gotta you you gotta know uh the exposure you have to these things and where they where they fit in and and how they fit in. And, you know, I think, I think
1: the, uh, sorry to cut you off there. I think, think, speaking on that exact topic, I think the worst thing that's happened recently is the broad spectrum sales of, of percussion guns, because people are just anybody and everybody's like, "Eh, eh, I don't feel better. This is, this is stupid. Uh, uh, My back hurts. This is dumb. I don't get it. I did it for like 30 seconds yesterday and my back hurts today. Like, (laughs) you know, it's not a freaking magic pill. Like you gotta, (laughs) that's quite literally just to almost wake up your nervous system and the fascial tissue in that tissue in that area, maybe promote a little blood flow um and it's it's to oversensitize anything that might be if you're familiar with afferent and efferent right uh, efferent neurons right so it's just to maybe take the pain away simultaneously at that at that exact instant but the and idea that, is uh, that I, it's the prep and that's why i like to use the power plate in some
0: instances and mm-hmm. i like to use the power plate barefoot and i like to do a lot of uh barefoot things on the power plate because uh as as i'm sure you know uh, the foot has is the most sensory responsive uh, part of the body. Um, it has the most proprioceptors uh, in the foot. So if I just simply take my shoes off, stand on a vibration platform, um, and then get off, maybe my foot will be more activated. Maybe my foot will be more awake. Maybe I'll have some blood flow, some circulation. And then when I go to do some type of single leg movement or when I go to do an inchworm, right, maybe you know i'm optimizing my body that much more which i was talking about before right how do i how do i crescendo this workout how do i build this workout to 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 literally try to maximize everything i can and it could be just as simple as hey before we work out or in the middle of our workout or as we prep our workout let's stand on this power plate and do some squats or let's just stand on a power plate on one leg and really get that whole leg and, and and hip um you know in a position where I can't really do that anywhere else so that's that that's that tool in that in that toolbox and i'll use that when i i feel the need to it i'm not putting people on power plates for an hour right but i'm going to take the power plate and the vibration gun and i'm going to put okay so so this is the time for that this is the time for the power plate this is the time for the viper this is the time for the body blade this is the Mm -hmm. time for this you know and,
1: and so on and so forth everything has its its time for sure timing's everything and then the other thing, I, I love that you got an inversion table. I think that's super overlooked. Um, I know there was a, like, I have a, a lot of people that told me it was, like, big in the late 80s and early 90s, that that was, like, a really popular thing, um, was to have inversion tables or inversion boots. Um, and I don't know where it's gotten maybe lost in translation or if if it has at all. There's just so many other things out there that it seems a little less insignificant, but I think it's super overlooked. Um, one of my clients, I kind of built his in-home gym, and uh, gave him all the tools and ideas to do that, and that was one of like the big things. I was—he's older individual. He's had you know, um, he's had a lot of different injuries. He's he's got UBE um, and, a, and a couple more, and uh, he. He used to wrestle. Uh, he used to steer wrestle. So uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but you you ride a horse, jump off the horse, and wrestle a bull to the ground uh, with your bare hands. Um, so can't say I've ever done that. No. Yeah, he he wasn't you know uh, wrestling uh, large men. He was wrestling large uh, bulls actually. So a little little uh, crazier and long story short, that's not, Tony. it's not Tony, is it? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, long story short, he has a lot of different things going on and the inversion table has been super, super helpful for him uh, in, in terms of just spinal decompression, in terms of putting yourself in that scenario where fascia is just allowed to decompress. if you if gravity's pushing on you for sixty years straight and you've never once done the reciprocal uh, or or opposite, you know, uh, gravitational stretch or used it to your advantage, <clears throat> it's right there. it's it's a tool. Gravity in itself is it is a tool. I, I often say this in in a lot of the seminars, no matter
0: what seminar I'm teaching because it's usually always applicable, no matter what I'm talking about is, People, most, most, most of the time, people feel good doing two things. They feel good in the water mm-hmm. because of the buoyancy and it's taking weight away from your body. So uh, how many people are doing, oh, yeah, I went swimming or I just, let, I just go in the pool and it just feels good. Yeah, yeah. because you're taking that weight away from their body, yeah. um, away from your body. And, uh, you know, the other thing is a lot of people feel good when they just hang, right? So you just get on the bar and you just hang or you grab a TRX and you just sit back and you hang, right? Because you're, you're once again, creating that kind of decompressive uh, type state, you know, and the interesting thing is, is that when clients talk to me and one of the things I, one of my pet peeves is when like a client or, you know, uh, a fellow colleague, I, I appreciate the question but I don't like the question when someone says, well, what do you do? And it's like, man, like, I'm not you. Like, <laughs> like I, you don't, don't try to do what I do because my body is different than yours. And what I do for me specifically, personally, uh, precisely it, it, it is not, going to be optimal for you. Maybe there's a lot of crossover. Carry-over. Hey, do something yeah. for your foot, do something for your hip, do something for your thoracic spine. But what Generally. am I doing for my thoracic spine? You know, maybe something much different than what you need to do for your thoracic spine. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, that's that's where the differences um, you know, that's where the differences take place, which is where we all have to find our, you know, we all have to
1: and find And that's why body. and I think that's why I, I got into the the industry is because like you said, there's just a lack of kinesthetic awareness that people have, but yes, I'm a fit pro and my job is to try to help you figure it out more. But in the end, if you come see me an hour, five times a week, even then I'm five out of your 168 hours of your week. Now add that up to a month, I'm 20 out of your 780 hours of the week uh, or, or of the month, you need to figure out yourself what is going on, what you need, how can you benefit yourself on a day-to-day basis? And my, my mentor, when I was in college with athletic training, he always he drilled that home to me. It's N of one, it's N of one, it's N of one. Nobody, no two people are the same because no two's nervous systems have really experienced life ever the same way. You know, it's, I always say, this is a good one. You might want to take this one, jot this one down. Right. (laughs) Uh, Everything we do is unprecedented regardless of what it is. Yeah. I played in hundreds of basketball games. That's very general. I never played in the same basketball game in the same, you know, exact environment. Oh, it was on the same court. Okay. Did we play the same team? No. Okay. Then I prepped for the game differently. Did I eat the same exact meal beforehand? Did I sleep just as good the night before? Did I have the same family issues going on at that time last year when I played this team? There's nothing that we do that's ever the same exact thing. And because of that, we can't just throw things at people the exact same way and expect the same result yeah and it's like it's like oh Geo. you're like what do you what do you do what do you
0: eat what do you well I do an inversion table I walk on rocks I do banded distractions I do you know I do so many you know so many things um I eat very well um and that's what's made me who I am that's what's made me successful it's because I put all as many pieces to the puzzle as I can mm-hmm. and then put it together. So, so don't ask me like, you mm-hmm. know, Oh, what do you do for exercise? Because what I do for exercise is a, it's just a small percentage of how I've been able to stay healthy or keep healthy or be as healthy as I, as I possibly, uh, you know, possibly can. And, you know, as you know, with uh, your, your wealth of nutrition knowledge is, you know, there's so many other factors that go into being healthy healthy Mm -hmm. um and you know one of one of our newest um kind of lines with institute of motion is you know fitness does not equal health you know Mm -hmm. you could be fit from an aesthetic perspective you could be fit um you know from you know an the
1: performance
0: perspective performance perspective but that doesn't mean you're that doesn't mean you're healthy Mm -hmm. right and how many how many athletes you know go through their uh, career and then even as early as 30 and then into 40s and 50s, they're broken and they're beaten up and we're trying to put something together again. Or unfortunately you see you see people dying in their 60s and 70s from concussions or from this. And it's just from the decision that they made and what they put their body through. Mm -hmm. So, you know, fitness does not necessarily, you know, equal health. And, uh, you know, that's why we train, we train for health and not Mm -hmm. just fitness.
1: And on the other end of that spectrum, your, your diagnosis doesn't guarantee your destiny. Like you can't just let someone tell you that you can't do something or that you are not going to be able to, or you are bound to run into this issue or this disease at a certain portion or this surgery, you can't just, you can't just let, you know, can't let life just punch you in the face day after day. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta ditch, you know, dive, duck, dip, dive, and dodge, you know, every once in a while. (laughs) I had
0: genetic testing done a while ago Mm. and uh, I don't know if I ever even said this in in an interview. This may, you may, this may be an exclusive limitless theory. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I got genetic testing done a while ago and uh, I was told that I had the sudden death gene called long QT syndrome,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: where you would read in the newspaper, you know, Forty-seven-year-old male, no pre-existing conditions, drops dead for no reason at all, mm-hmm. right? Stuff like that. So I found out that genetically, <laughs> I have that. I have that condition. Do you think that makes you go about life a little differently and, <laughs> and live life, uh, you know, and try to maximize, you know, each day and live each day, you know, to the fullest? So you know, knowing, knowing that I have that too, it doesn't uh, hinder me or stop me from doing things, but it also motivates me that like, yeah, I'm not thinking like, am I going to wake up tomorrow? But, you know, it it puts things in perspective um, where, yeah, I mean, no one's going to be able to tell me what I can or or can't do. And, you know, Mm -hmm. part of my wrestling story was people telling me that I wouldn't make it as a wrestler and I wasn't big enough or strong enough or I wasn't athletic enough I wasn't a great athlete in high school mm. uh, by by any means um, and I was I was I was told by a lot of people that that you know I wouldn't make it or wouldn't be successful at it um, so you know we all have our own we all have our own stuff right and we all have our own own journeys that we're going through and we all have our own obstacles that that we've gone through and you know the how being genetically uh you know predispositioned for that to oh. that is you know one of the crosses that i that i bear but you know i i i go through life now with a little extra uh, you know a little extra zest um mm-hmm. knowing that so that's one of those things where man sometimes i wish was, i really didn't know that you know it yeah. been the whole, the whole
1: i was gonna say yeah that's a that's a tough pill to swallow that's a yeah. that's a big piece of humble pie for sure yeah. And it's it's funny you brought up the genetic, you know, testing, because I just, Haley and I just got ours back this week. And um, yeah, it was interesting. We got them on Tuesday. Uh, And we, you know, we're comparing side by side. Obviously, we're siblings. We have a lot of crossover, but we also have a lot of things that are are different. We have different moms. Um, So we were looking at different things in terms of like uh, high chances of obesity, Um, uh, do you have the MTHFR gene, right, which is uh, um, directly linked to uh, diabetes because of lack of leptin sensitivity and lack of sucrose, uh, you know, um, sensitivity. So if you're always eating sweets, but you're not craving that sweet tooth, you know, sucrose feeling, you're not getting enough dopamine from it, then your body's just like constantly wanting more and more and more. It's like, okay, that's, that's great. Now that I know that, or, you know, now that we're coming across these things, are we going to let them just be like, ah, well, that's what I'm meant for, you know, that's my destiny. I'm just going to eat sweets till the day I die. And because of it, that day is going to come like 40 years earlier than it possibly could, you know, by doing the opposite. So, um, it's interesting and it's, it's helpful too. Now, you know, you talk about technology, having its negatives and positives. um, I think that is something that is allowing us to maybe take the next step in finding some things and treating us as N of one individuals.
0: Yeah, you know, what's also interesting, too, is, as you say that, you'll always have, and I'm sure you've come across, you will always have those people that will say, well you know my grandmother smoked till she was 95 and she was healthy and she was like everyone's always trying to find the exception to the rule and think that they'll be the exception or use that as the their crutch right right and it's like okay so you're gonna roll the dice and you're gonna smoke (laughs) and you're gonna hope because your grandmother did it till 95 that you know you're gonna be able to do it um Hmm. but just imagine how happy your insides would be if it wasn't being infiltrated with cigarettes,
1: <laughs> with toxins
0: right it's it, like it,
1: the it, idea of you know you, you you break it down for people like that and it smoking doesn't cause cancer it increases your rate and chances of getting cancer because yeah. it can affect your genetics from an epigenetic standpoint and blah, blah 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 people lose their minds when you talk like that but if you say Well, someone got bit by a shark in the water last week. Are you just never going to go in the water? Or someone died last week in a car accident across the street. Are you never going to go across that intersection in your car ever again? Are you just going to walk everywhere for the rest of your life?
0: Smoking has the good, I I use the Mm -hmm. analogy with smoking where it's, you know, one cigarette. If you have a cigarette right now, it's not going to do do much to you. It's not going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's when you have that cigarette day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, where the cumulative effect of smoking has very damaging effects. Just like, yeah, me and you can go out and we can go to Carvel and we can have a flying saucer and we'll be okay. And we'll enjoy it. I, as you could see, like, if you ever want to buy me something, that's what you're going to buy me. a, flying a saucer.
1: <laughs> Are we? Did we just solidify a a, a date right there?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can put a candle if you want. Um, you know, and, but if I had a flying saucer every night, yep. at ten o'clock at night, you know, not not only you know just what's in it, but at the time of day that I'm that I'm having it, you know, that's over time gonna gonna put you know very damaging, you know. Um, you know, pieces into my, into my body and, and into my, into my life and my quality of life. Yeah.
1: Valid. You, you know, not sleeping tonight, isn't going to kill you. Not sleeping for the next week definitely kill you. Or, you
0: know, <laughs> over the course of a month, having, you know, 20 awful nights sleep is, is going to eventually have really bad, bad effects.
1: Without a doubt, without a doubt, and most people just don't, uh, just don't think long term enough in, in those senses. They don't think no. about the, the effect. And one of the uh, one one
0: of my first first mentors always used to tell me he uh, he was a he was a trainer and a, and he uh, he also you know was a, you know uh, a member uh, a <laughs> client. And he goes, I don't work out for now. I work out 10 years from now. I work out for 10, 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. And that always that always stuck with me and that that also got the ball rolling up. Like, you know, yeah, okay, we're working out to be good for today and look good mm-hmm. for today, but you also wanna figure out, you know, if I got these injuries, guess what? If you don't do stuff to try to help take care of them, then in 10 years from now, then you're gonna be even further uh, behind the eight ball. And then, like you said, then you're just like, ah, well, this is, this is what I got.
1: Is yeah. What I
0: am. And yeah. Yeah. I don't really squat or lunge anymore because my knee hurts, you know, cause I hurt my <laughs> knee, you know, 15 years ago and it, and it hasn't been the same since. Um, but I haven't really done anything for my hip, for my hip or my ankle to help my knee. And, and yes. that's another
1: story. Yes. Totally agreed. I'm just, you know, the doc come to group class, uh, the doctor said like, you know, I, I can't uh, really do any squatting or, or like deadlifting. Did you, um did you happen to pick anything up off the floor yesterday at all? <laughs> like you did that movement. Let's add, let's add 10 pounds to it, maybe, or let's just maybe add a dowel behind your back and see if we can improve the efficacy of that. Know movement,
0: I mean, there's such a big disconnect with you know the the training industry and the medical industry, and Mm -hmm. I could totally understand uh, the medical industry looking at the trainers a certain way. I mean, look how we're portrayed, look at what most of the training industry looks like, you know to a general consumer yeah um you know someone in tight clothes or no shirt doing something you know like a muscle up or something crazy or doing kettlebell you know something matches and, yeah yeah and, and and the doctor's like listen don't don't do that stuff or i i heard um a client tell me that the doctor said don't use kettlebells and it's like digging a little deeper and it was like yeah, they don't want you to kettlebell swing because you have a bad back like that. I understand. But we have to like dig deeper. And like a kettlebell is one of the best ways to get stronger, like when you use it properly. But yeah, like you can get injured if you do a, a poor anything, excluding a poor kettlebell swing. Uh, and we've seen a lot of poor kettlebell swings, um, but it's 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 sad and it's frustrating. That you know we can't continue to come together with the medical profession, and I think uh, there's been a few, um, you know, like some of our colleagues that have been able to marry those two and work with physical therapists, work with chiropractors, work with orthopedic surgeons, and be on the same page because they understand, you know, what we do. And I, I, and you, you know, we never claim to be physical therapists, and we never go out of our scope of practice. We stay in our lane. But in the same respect, we know that, like, yeah, like you can do certain stuff like, um, and a lot of,
1: there's a lot of overlap.
0: Yeah. And you know, for, for a doctor to say, you know, don't squat, um, he's just mostly thinking like, Oh, like squat, like you put a bar on your back and you squat like, yeah, don't, don't squat. Don't do that. Um, that's, that's really what he means. Yes. Um, but as we know in translation as, as we know there are a hundred thousand different ways that we can consider a, a a squat i could put you on your back and you bring your knees into your chest and you just did a squat right? yeah <laughs> um, there, and and i took, and, and i took gravity away from you you just did like a reverse squat you 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 brought your uh you brought your knees into your chest should you not should you not do that um, yeah. so so that's where having the toolbox comes into play too
1: Yeah. And it's interesting too, I mean, because I come from more of the medical side of it from the athletic training side. So that's why I chose not to go down that rabbit hole of working under a physician or working for a team. And as an athletic trainer, we always say there's five domains and those include being able to diagnose orthopedic injury being able to rehabilitate someone from orthopedic injury being able to <clears throat> um, prevent someone from getting orthopedic injuries and being able to um, medically care for someone at a, you know acute scene you know medical uh, or, or fatal type accidents right someone goes down with an ACL tear in the NFL field who's the first person to run out it's athletic trainers Who's the first person to diagnose what is the most likely probable injury the athletic trainer what's the person that was uh that's now responsible for rehabbing that entire injury the athletic trainer so it's like even coming from that field and that understanding and that educational background i just saw so many opportunities outside of it because there's there's so many more people that need that information and can benefit from those sorts of resources than your million dollar athletes or your athletes that are in high school, college, whatever it may be, they have access to a lot of these things. They already have a kinesthetic awareness, you know, foundation. They're already being active. They don't, necessarily have a super high chance of cardiovascular disease, cancer, and and diabetes, which are the three main killers in America. So like the general population, your people that are, you know, anywhere from 20 to 65 and older that don't have access to anything, but a regular physician checkup every six months, you know, you, you talk to the doctor for 15 minutes, they don't have a dietician telling them what to eat. They don't have athletic trainers prepping them before they do their activity, they are not even guaranteed activity and most of them aren't their sedentary life so that's where I wanted to. Try to bring this this stuff because a lot of it is basic you know it's like shoulder rehab can just be lay on the ground and try to lift your hands off the ground like lay flat on your stomach and give me 15 of these overhead. You'd be really surprised how much your rhomboids in the middle of your back is burning after that. And it's like, I didn't do any damage to your shoulder. I'm not. I'm not putting it at high risk of injury. We're not doing anything impactful. We're just trying to maybe improve. And it, oh, I, I can't go overhead. It's painful. Okay, let's go out to the side. Do what you can with what you have. You know, don't don't push the envelope. And like you said, there's there's a lot of reason for medical professionals to be completely scared and like, don't go near a gym, don't work out, don't listen to your personal trainer. But then there's the other end of the spectrum where we get short sticked and like we get a lot of excuses and a lot of things that, you know, is almost a misrepresentation of how that person can actually get better and improve. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure you've, you've run the gamut on those with, you know, your, your clientele and your plethora of experience, but it is tough. I think it, like you said, it's changing and you're seeing overlap. Um, you know, it's definitely starting to become more holistic, um, in some senses of the word, but I don't know. I shouldn't, I shouldn't twist. I shouldn't, doctor told me not to twist. (laughs) Well, when you have to reach for
0: something in the backseat of your car, what are you, what are you gonna do? Like, <laughs> yeah. what the doctor means is you shouldn't really twist into your low back, and you shouldn't crank into your low back, and you probably shouldn't laterally flex and and load that in the lateral too, and and do really bad Russian twists and things like that. But all he says is don't twist, and then we have to. Uh, you know figure out a way to still get that well hey guess what if you twist from your thoracic spine then you're saving your lumbar spine right Mm -hmm. and that's the whole that's the whole premise of you know doing a good warm-up but all we get is these sound bites of Mm -hmm. I shouldn't squat I shouldn't twist I shouldn't lunge and then we have to somehow pick up the pieces and and make sense of it
1: yeah I think I think what it comes down to as we become the the educators. And I think there's nothing wrong with that, but there's clearly just a lack of desire to educate clientele and patients within the medical industry, um, whether it's on nutrition or whether it's on cardiovascular disease or diabetes. And, you know, like if you have a diabetic patient and you take the time to maybe explain how diabetes is caused on a cellular level and what that looks like, they have a lot more information to go home with than just like, I have diabetes and I got to get my A1C down. So here's a prescription, you know, and obviously there's, we're generalizing, right? But uh, there's, there's still a far different uh, ratio than 50-50. So Moving in the right direction.
0: Oh, 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 yeah. but also to their credit, there's a lot of really bad trainers out there that will hurt people. Without a doubt. And there's I mean, more there's more bad trainers out there than good trainers.
1: What? A, yeah. What? A, what are your thoughts on the ease of acquiring a physical, uh, uh, personal training uh, certification? Yeah. Well, there's no barrier to entry. <clears throat> yeah.
0: I've actually met trainers that don't even have a certification because it wasn't required
1: mm-hmm. by
0: the, the law technically yeah. And I also seen trainers that like like it's great that they passed a national recognized certification and you know you you, uh, you, got, you got your certificate but that means you're ready to put someone's body and life in, in your hands and tell them mm-hmm. what to do. Um, that's where I really recommend, you know mentorships and and inter- internships mm-hmm. where you you can shadow people and you can be in facilities and you can you can learn uh, from those who have learned from others mm-hmm. um, and you know just you know not having any real structure um, you know one of the people that I uh, I follow very closely and I highly respect from our area is Eric Cressy uh, yeah. you know Eric Cressy brought up one time you know th- there's there's no a barrier to entry and how, you know, everyone who comes to his facility, you know, uh, goes through his, his mentorship or internship program who ends up, you know, potentially working there, um, or at the very least, he just takes a select few and says, hey, you, you may want to go through this mentorship, internship, mm-hmm. um, it'd probably be good for uh, your career, you know, and he compared it to, you know, his wife um who is uh i believe she's an optometrist and she like to become an optometrist she had to go through six months of residence then she had to take this and then she had to do this and then she had and then only then then she would start to work in an office as an assistant or you know something along yes. those lines i probably yeah. really butchered that um but it was something along those lines and you know what do you have to do to become a trainer nothing You you literally have to do nothing. And then you can create a social media page and put, you know, virtual trainer, you know, and now you're a virtual trainer. You don't even have experience training anybody in person. And now you're calling yourself an online coach and you're using the word coach. Like, do you know how to coach or do you just give people, you know, mountain climbers and burpees and, you know, that's, that's your online coaching. Right. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's extremely important to have some type of have some type of structure have some type of uh you know plan that uh you can you can go through which is where you you could see the good gyms uh who have that you know that's why i highly respect equinox um -hmm. which there's a lot of people that can say a lot of different things about equinox but one thing you know before all this went down one thing that they pride themselves on was education and you don't you don't get the opportunity to even be in front of a person until you've gone through their curriculum. And then even when you've gone through their curriculum to get to the next level, you have to take more education and you have to, uh, you know, go through different sets of curriculum. Um, and then you're watching the other trainers and you're, you're, you know, you're doing the floor hours and, you know, you're seeing, you're seeing uh, good training and, and not so good training. Um, so the, the ability to you know, have a, have a mentor, um, is extremely important and we've all, we've all had them and we all can be them. We all can be them. We all can be one. I I always say there's, uh, there's plenty of people in front of us that we aspire to be, or we want to do the things that they're doing. And there's plenty of people that are behind us that aspire to get where we are or do what we do. So it's very simple. The people that are in front of us, you, you, you try to learn from them and have them be your mentors and the people that are behind you, you say, Hey, come here. Let me, let me show you some things. And, and you pay it forward. Um, and, and you, that's how we'll hopefully continue to, you know, raise the,
1: uh, raise the bar. Yeah. That's one thing that I've found, um, cool and and awesome and being able to kind of do that at GNO is, uh, definitely you, we sat down and went through, um, you know, small parts of it. Um, but, the, the onboarding process and the onboarding manual and the education that we're we're giving to our um, fit pros and me being able to facilitate that and hand that off and explain some of those things has been, you, you only, you learn when you teach, you know, like having knowledge here doesn't really do anything for anybody unless you're sharing it. And it's been awesome, it's been fun to be able to do that because I'm not necessarily the oldest or the, um, you know, most experienced um but I, I would say that i just have a an eye for it and an, an, a good sense of of those things so being able to share some of that stuff and the educational side has been has been huge it's been fun um and it once again like you said it, it just breeds more people that allow us to make those small changes within the community of personal training and the crossover of medical professionals working together over time. It's not just gonna happen. We have to do it the same way, you know, I do my internal and external rotation on a daily basis. It's like by slowly progressing and, you know, sharing information and doing more things like this and having more readily available information for people to, to aspire to or to learn from just adds to the, uh, the stockpile. I guess you could say so I have I have one more question for you uh, Geo. but I want you to uh, tell everyone where they can follow you where they can get your emails and your daddy blogs and your whatever and any anything and everything well a,
0: what they should do weather. is go, they should go to twitter and go to your Twitter page and then look at my Twitter from your followers. <laughs> I'm trying to funnel everyone. Through yes, you. no,
1: I like that. Um, I like that. But, and, but, the, and the only reason you can do that is because my following list is like this big.
0: <laughs> I'm now number 21. Yes. <laughs> after, um, but uh, I, I try to keep it very simple. So Giovanni Roselli, uh dot com is my website and all my mm-hmm. social media um is is at giovanni roselli so pretty pretty simple stuff there and then i'll, I'll, I'll always have a, you know an an article that i have posted or you know something that i've written or a video to share or a, you know a wrap up of a of a workshop or uh <clears throat> announcement of an upcoming workshop and things like that so so that's where you'll be
1: able to, to find me cool and uh, all that stuff will be linked below you guys will be able to find that um if there was one um one resource that you could turn to um for i'll put it on three different platforms so one one book one uh audiobook or or podcast and um one account that people could follow uh or or pay attention to mm. for overall better fitness and and health tips what do you what would you say that would be uh as
0: far as book depending on the, the audience here uh i'll always one of the first books i'll say is movement by by gray cook um and uh also, you know, becoming a supple leper by Kelly Sturette. Um, I don't think I And you know, there, there's a lot of great books, but those are the two that come to mind when when you're really looking at, you know, just overall looking at the body from a movement-based perspective and not from a uh, independent, uh, you know, perspective.
1: Or, or muscle yeah. or joint. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um. What about a podcast?
0: Yeah, you know, I mentioned I mentioned his name, but, but you know, I really enjoy Eric Gretzky's podcast. Cool. Um, even though they're, they're you know, they're baseball heavy. He's a baseball yeah. guy. He got hired by the New York Yankees. Yeah. Um, but you don't get hired by the New York Yankees if you're not really freaking good at what you do. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so, you know, a lot of the things that he talks about could be generalized to non-baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know population and I have a specific interest in it because of shoulder stuff and how interested I am in shoulder so he obviously talks a lot about overhead athletes and throwing and and shoulders um, and and things of that sort um, and how he ties that in so I always have a specific interest you know uh, in in his stuff and his stuff there Um, and what was the other one
1: like an account or a, a page to follow yeah
0: oh man uh, there's a there's a there's lot a lot of bad ones yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you which ones to uh, not
0: follow <laughs> yeah yeah I, i'm trying i'm trying to think because hmm, <clears throat> who puts out some who puts out some really good stuff uh, other than other i'm trying to think of things other than i've already Uh, other than I've mentioned Um, and it's because I I, the honestly one of the things I would have I would have said was and and I'm not blowing smoke is Eric Cressy's uh, uh, content is very educational he explains he explains um, everything um, so that you can understand it but he explains everything in a way that um, you can't really can't really argue with because he's stating facts and and facts and truth, so I guess I'm just Price really, County. I guess Pick I'm just up. Really, fun. kissing up to, to, <laughs> to Eric, Eric right <laughs> now. But, uh, you know, I, I've been up to his facilities several times and, and I watch him from afar and, and I always look at all his stuff. He's got a great email list um, too, where he just sends out content a couple times a week via email. I try to sign up for as many uh, emails as, as I can, so I'm just constantly being bombarded with education um as well a lot of it now is given away for you know given away for free a free article free mm-hmm. video free this free that um so you know there's a lot of good um a lot of good content out there
1: yeah there's definitely no drought of of educational resources in the age of youtube and websites and blogs and twitter and instagram and facebook you can find it's just, it's just a matter of people looking, In you know, in all due respect. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, the, and the, and the dangerous part is, you know, just be careful where you look or be careful, you know, what,
1: what you're looking for. for. Yeah. So that was my little precursor fitness question. All right. <clears throat> the last question is <clears throat> you have three people. Okay. Three people that you can have, a 30 minute conversation with dead, alive, um, imaginary, up to you. Um, you get 30 minutes to have a conversation with three different individuals.
0: Okay. Man, I wish I had some some prep time. Uh, I'm that's, just going That's go.
1: the idea, that's the idea. We so, get an insight to your brain, yeah. how, who, who quickly comes up.
0: So the first one would probably <laughs> be Jesus. Yeah. Um, the second one would probably be my grandmother, uh, passed away. And, uh, who would the third one be? I want to sit down. I want to have a conversation with somebody. Um, man, the, those are the, those are the two quick ones. Um, I'm trying to think like, like, is it like health related? Is it fitness related? Um, you know, it it may, it may be someone like a, like a Michael Jordan. Uh, if, if he's been in the news recently a lot, but, uh, Abraham Lincoln has quite the story. Mm. Um, I don't know if you, if you're familiar with what he went through in his life, but, uh, he has quite the story, and I can even send it to you. Like year after year, he like lost the Senate, lost Congress. His fiance died. He, uh, you know, uh, ran for this, didn't get enough votes. Like he was like for years and years and years. He 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 owed debt. It took him twenty years to pay it back. He went through all this stuff. Um, so I found him. I found him a pretty pretty interesting. Um, interesting character um I like that so yeah maybe like a past maybe like a past uh, past president um cool. s- something something along those lines or cool. you know even like a michael jordan type kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. uh, even a kobe Bryant type person because uh i've studied a lot of their their mindset and what they do and, and huh. i find uh them extremely fascinating from a from a work ethic uh standpoint so someone yeah someone that third person would be someone that uh, I want to, I want to know about, or I'm just fascinated by their, their work ethic. And their, my favorite word, one of my favorite words is perseverance. Um, so some so someone who has shown, uh, perseverance in their lives.
1: Valid. That's, that's usually what gets my engine going for sure is, uh, realizing that, you know, everyone's, everyone's got a story and, um, it can either be what makes your story, you know, uh, you, your your obstacles and challenges can be what makes your story that much more great or that much more ordinary. And, you know, uh, those people that do push through that move beyond that, don't let that be their reality, really speak from like a spiritual level and from a, a motivational. And your boy,
0: your boy, Tom Brady. Drafted in the sixth round, passed over, 199th pick, you know, didn't really start in in uh, high school, barely, you know, got playing time, you know, in at college.
1: Yeah. He was the fourth quarterback at Michigan.
0: Yeah, you know, and he's been to nine freaking Super Bowls. Um, <laughs> so if you don't at least respect that, then you have no work ethic at all. -hmm. So I'd I'd actually put him put him up there as well. He's he's a little more accessible. Like I'm trying to think of people that aren't like really accessible or just like a dream to be. But yeah,
1: no, that's a good point. I like those. Um, Definitely, definitely gives you know people insight uh, as to what's going on inside of of the. Individual's head, what's going on, who they're thinking about, who they admire, what makes them who they are, what makes them. If patient. you just open
0: this up, it's really just a hamster running in a wheel. Sometimes <laughs> it's just like really slow. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes it gets really fast.
1: <laughs> and he's he's the one remembering all those sayings too, huh? Yeah, yeah. 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 Geo, <laughs> I appreciate this man. This was this was fun. This is a good time. um I'm, I'm sure we could do this again in the future yeah uh, thanks terms, for uh thanks for having me
0: it's always fun to talk to uh like-minded uh individuals
1: yeah for sure and um i'll probably see you monday tuesday wednesday sometime during the week yeah. um until then enjoy some time with your family enjoy some you uh, time in the sun if it uh if it decides to stay uh bright sky for the next couple of days we'll see but I hope so. yeah <clears throat> and uh for everyone watching until next time, be limitless, and thanks for listening. Adios. What's up, LT Tribe? d Foss here. Just to express my gratitude and say thank you for tuning in and continuously commenting, liking, sharing, and subscribing to the episodes and the content that we are bringing you, it is helping so, so much. Once again, I want to say thank you and hope you have a great rest of your day. These times are... There's one thing that we can count on to keep us connected. And that is the one and only video conferencing platform, Zoom. Zoom is an amazing platform. It's the very platform that I use to record the visual portion of the LT360 podcast. I also used it today to share a business plan and stay connected with someone that wanted to learn more about products and services that we offer. And I also used it to train a virtual personal training client this morning. It is virtually simplistic very simplistic anybody can use it and we just scored an amazing amazing deal as unfranchise owners you can get the $160 valued membership through zoom for just $9.99 per month instead of paying $160 per month for unlimited recording access and storage and tons of other features you can pay 9.99 per month and save nearly eighteen hundred dollars per month you best believe it i signed up i created and transferred my account over to this pro account and i will not be looking back because that 9.99 per month that i'm paying also comes with a residual 15 percent ibv commissions each and every month that i pay out 9.99 I'm getting 15% commissions on that in the form of IBV, and I cannot think of an easier and better way to stay connected with my team and help my team get paid. So make sure you head over to your back office, go to my account, go to my services, and look up Zoom video conferencing. You will not be disappointed. Let's all use Zoom to help us stay connected and get financially fit together. What's up, Lomo's Theory Tribe? Hope you enjoyed the episode. I wanted to take a second to shout out a childhood neighbor of mine, Victor Rosa. He just started a new podcast. Would love for you guys to go support. It's called Real Recognize Real. Just two dudes who love movies all right they are going to watch all the movies they can so they can give you quick and insightful reviews on them these guys have education backing these reviews they're not just throwing out random opinions once again they're going to see the movies so that you don't have to so go check them out real recognize real peace Foss here i know Y'all understand how much of a nutrition freak I am. And when I heard the world's most nutrient-dense food, you know I had to tune in, listen, and get learnt. So, I need y'all to check out the LT360 podcast I did with Katherine Arnston, the founder of Energy Bits, an algae-based nutrition company. It is not a supplement, it is a one-ingredient superfood, and it is recognized as the most nutrient dense food on the planet by the world health organization and others so go check out energybits.com and make sure to use the discount code limitless theory at checkout for 20% off you will not be disappointed because you will have the most nutrient dense food in your pantry in the world go check it out now peace DeFoss here to tell you about my new favorite kitchen appliance and no it is not a pan or even a utensil but instead it is my new pure h2o water filter it sits behind my kitchen sink it removes up to 97% of chlorine from my tap water and 77 other contaminants. We know that our bodies are made up of 72% water, and there is a strong connection between the quality of the water that we intake and the quality and longevity of our life, so we have to make sure it is the cleanest and purest water we can get. With Pure H2O, I know that every time I turn my sink on, I'm getting the best and cleanest water possible. So if you want to learn more, head over to thelimitlesstheory.com slash shop, and you can learn more about Pure H2O. I'm sure you will not be disappointed. Adios.